Amen. We continue on in our series on going through the Apostles' Creed. Because as we go through the Apostles' Creed, I think it's important that we know and remember what is true. So we can both live in what is true, and we can both be shares of what is true. I remember um, my wife's great, uh, my wife's grandpa died a couple years back. And we were with my nephew, Tannen, and Tannen was with his dad, and Tannen was looking at the scene of the visitation. Now, they're Catholic, and if you know anything about some Catholics, you maybe are familiar with the Knights of Columbus. And so at the casket is two knights standing on both sides of the casket. And so Tannen is trying to figure out, you know, he's four years old, he's kind of confused of what's going on. And so Tannen looks and he can just kind of see that some things are stirring through his head. And he leans over to his dad and he goes, Dad, why did those guys with the swords kill Grandpa? (laughs) It's important to know what's true, isn't it? It's important to know what's true. It can change everything about what we believe and, and how we live. At that same time, the funeral the next day, I got Tannen to sit next to me. His dad was a pallbearer, and Tannen was sitting on my lap. And as the funeral started, if you know anything about maybe Catholic churches, they have a lot of statues. And there's a statue of Jesus right over to our left, and Tannen's looking around, and he points to Jesus, and he goes, Chris, who's that? And I said, well, let me tell you who that is. That's Jesus God's son. See, God loved the world so much that when we were trapped in sin, man, we needed a a savior. Tan, you and I are perfect. We needed a savior. So God sent Jesus. And Jesus came and he lived a perfect life and he lived among people and he proclaimed the kingdom. He proclaimed who God is. Everything about Jesus is what we believe about God. And Jesus healed people. He did miraculous things. He showed God's authority. And then Jesus went and he died a horrible death for you and I. But he didn't stay dead. He rose again, and that's, that's certainly true, Tannen. Jesus rose from the dead three days later. And he came and he rose again so that we might have life. See, Jesus came so that when you know Jesus, you'll see Grandpa once again. And of course, Tannen's like, oh, that's, that's cool. <laughs> What's that over there? But... It's important to remember and to know what's true because it helps us to be able to live in what's true and to be able to share what's true. Today we focus on part of the Apostles' Creed of what we believe about Jesus, the Son of God. Here's interesting what some Americans believe about Jesus today. The vast majority of Americans today believe Jesus was a real person. 92% of adults believe that Jesus Christ was a real person. That sounds, I mean, pretty incredible, doesn't it? Well, let's break it down a little bit. The younger generations are increasingly less likely to believe that Jesus was actually God. 56% of adults believe that Jesus is actually 100% God. 26% of adults think that He was just like another religious leader that did a lot of good things and said a lot of important things. And 18% of Americans are unsure. 
48% of millennials, that's those kind of that 18 to 35-year-old. I almost missed out on being a millennial. 48% of millennials believe that Jesus is God. Less than 50% of young people today believe that Jesus is God. 35%, notice the increase in younger people, say that Jesus was just another good religious leader. And 17% say they're unsure. Many are divided on whether Jesus was actually sinless if he lived a perfect life. 52% believe that Jesus was human but committed sins just like everyone else. Most say that they have made a commitment to Jesus Christ. 65% of most adults say that they have made a commitment to Jesus. 46% of millennials say that's true for them. Who do you say Jesus is? Where are you? It is important to remind ourselves what is true, especially as followers of Jesus about what is true about Jesus. Because if we know what is true about Jesus, it changes the way and it should change the way that we live our lives every single day. It should impact the urgency that we have to share about who Jesus is because there are 50%. I mean, look at these statistics. There are people that believe Jesus was just some other great religious leader. It's important to remind ourselves what is true. Today, I just wanted to take some time, and you're welcome to take notes. I'm going to walk through what God's Word says about true, of what we believe is true about who Jesus is as we look at this section of the Apostles' Creed. First, I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord. In Matthew 3, 17, And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord. It's declared by God the Father, this is my beloved Son. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit in Luke 1, verses 34 through 35. And Mary said to the angel, if you remember this around Christmas time, how will this be since I am a virgin? How can I be pregnant? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Jesus was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. He was born of the Virgin Mary. In Luke 2, we see, And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there is no place for them in the inn. Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. He was a real person, 100% God, 100% human. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, John 19, starting with verse 14. He said to the Jews, Behold your king, they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. He was crucified and died and was buried. John 19 says, And he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of the skull, Golgotha. And there they crucified him. 
goes on, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Yes, Jesus was crucified and he died and was buried. John 19 continues and says, So they took the body of Jesus and they bound it in linen cloths with the spices as the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new tomb, which no one had ever been laid in. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Yes, Jesus was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. 1 Peter three, eighteen. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey. Jesus Christ, he descended into hell. Complete separation from the Father. That's what hell is. And then, right, the good news. On the third day, he rose again. Matthew 28, 5, the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. He said, Then go and tell, and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. Jesus Christ has no grave. Several religious leaders have graves, have tombstones. Jesus is not. He is risen. He rose again. And he ascended into heaven. Luke 24, verse 50. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Hebrews 1, 3. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And yes, Jesus Christ will come again to judge the living and the dead. We see this in 1 Peter. We see this in Revelation. Jesus is coming back. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. What we see in Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. You know, I hear some young people say, man, you know, I really love Jesus and all the things that he did, but I really have a tough time with, with God the Father. And I'm able to say to them, you know that we see the exact nature and the exact heart of God in Jesus. They are not different in who they are. The Trinity is three different persons, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But we see the heart of the Father in the life of Jesus' ministry. Friends, who do you say Jesus is? As we go through the Apostles' Creed, as we proclaim all these things when we say it week after week, do you believe all these things to be true about who Jesus is? It's important to know and to be reminded of what is true. Now, maybe some of you know this. There is a little tournament going on right now. And uh, Baylor, a Christian university from Texas, played South Carolina on Friday night. And maybe some of you saw this game. Baylor was favored to win, and they lost big time by 20 points. Probably ruined some people's brackets. 
But something interesting happened after the game. Now, sometimes we see this happening at football games, but this happened at a basketball game. This was the scene. Baylor in green, South Carolina in black. Baylor suffering a blow, quite the loss. But what happens? They gather together in the middle of the court to pray. Now, I, want to sh- I just want to share with you what the announcers were saying at this time. You can only imagine. <laughs> One of them said, interesting. <laughs> the celebration started, and Perry Clark, one of the assistant coaches for South Carolina, came out and said, calm down, calm down. And look at this. This is a remarkable scene of sportsmanship. And then the camera flipped away, and they, they started showing some other highlights of the game because they didn't focus on this a whole lot. But this shows a glimpse of much more than sportsmanship, doesn't it? Now, I can't speak for the hearts and minds of every person in that circle. But what I can say with very good confidence is that one person started this prayer circle. One person prayed in this prayer circle. And more than sportsmanship, when we remember and know what the truth and who the truth of Jesus is, regardless of win or loss, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of the heartbreak that we might be going through, regardless of the pain or illness that we're struggling through, regardless of the financial situations that we're going through, the truth about who Jesus is does not change. The truth about what Jesus came to do for you and me does not change. The truth about a win or a loss in college sports does not matter in the heart of eternity. What is true is who Jesus is. That he came for every person on that court, every person on those teams, every person in the stands, every person that was watching the game. And the truth of who Jesus is is truth for the whole entire world. When we remember and know what truth is, who Jesus is, we're able to live in that truth, embrace that truth, know it to be true regardless of our circumstances, and it changes and transforms the way that we live and the way that we're bearers of the truth of who Jesus is to the world around us. Jesus is the same yesterday. Jesus is the same today. And Jesus is the same forever. The truth of who he is is unchanging. In Leonard Sweet's book, I'm a follower, the way, the truth, and the life of following Jesus, he says this, we need more cross bearers, not more cross wearers. So many of us, from rock stars to stock clerks, wear necklaces or pendants or earrings in the image of the cross. And those are all good things. Many of us do that. Many of us have, and I heard today, all the things of, um, that we put on and things that we have in our homes, those are all good things. Each day before we place them on, we should make a conscious decision to embrace the weight of the cross's meaning as we move through our day. Let us not merely adorn our bodies with the cross, but let us adorn our lives with a cross-carried life. Maybe it's you today that this is a good reminder of who Jesus is. Maybe it's a good reminder of, I have the best message to share and an urgent message of sharing the truth of who Jesus is with people who are confused There's a growing vein in Christianity right now that doesn't believe that the resurrection of Jesus is true. It's a spiritual thing. 
That's not being Christian. That's not being followers of the way of Jesus. That's missing out on the biggest part of Jesus. Knowing the truth helps us to be able to share the truth and to be people of truth. I'll end with this. We heard from our reading from Luke today, Luke 4. This is Jesus' mission statement. Jesus enrolls the scroll and he says this, He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to free those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Today, he says, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The mission of Jesus, Jesus says, carries on with his followers. So friends in Christ, he has anointed us by the power of the Holy Spirit to proclaim good news to the poor, truth to those who need to hear the truth, to proclaim liberty to those in your life who are captives, to be part of his mission by opening the eyes of those who are blind, but also praying for healing boldly in the name of Jesus, to free those who are oppressed, find themselves captive in sin and the things of this world, and to proclaim that God's kingdom is coming now and eternally forever. We get to be part of Jesus' work in the world today. Knowing the truth helps us to live in the truth and to share the truth, doesn't it? So today, who do you say Jesus is? If Jesus were to be living your life, my life, how would he be living it? Dallas Willard asked that question, a famous theologian. If Jesus were to be living your life, how would he be living it? May you and I continue to take steps to write over every moment, every second of our life. Jesus lives here. Would you pray with me? God the Father, we give you thanks, God, for your heart, that you've created all things. You have formed us in your image. That you say we are good. You love us. You call us your beloved. God, thank you for your love for us. Jesus, thank you that you came to this world and you became obedient to death and a cross, taking what was ours. And thank you, Jesus, that you rose again from the dead and that you are alive. Jesus, thank you that you did that for us, that we find our life, our forgiveness, grace, and truth rooted in in what you have done for us. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we give you thanks that you're with us today. Holy Spirit, remind us of the truth of who you are. Remind us the truth of your love for us. And would you empower us to be the people that you've called us to be, bearers of truth, people who proclaim and demonstrate who you are. Father, may more people come to know you, Jesus, because of the lives that you've called us to live. Give us everything we need. Remind us of the truth every single day. We love you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. God's people said, amen.